mentally or physically, success could be defined as getting up one more time after you've been knocked down over and over and over again. I'm T. Wood, and this is Trying for Moments, where I highlight significant moments in life that are beyond the surface to encourage, inform, and inspire people to triumph over their life's challenges. With me today, I say, I say it again, with me today, I have none other than Bill Duke. He was born in, help me out with this, Poughkeepsie, New York. Yes. He holds a Bachelor of Arts from Boston University, a Master of Arts degree in Fine Arts from New York University's Tisch School of Arts, and later enrolled in the American Film Institute. He is an actor, director, and producer in Hollywood with more than 40 years of experience on screen and behind the camera. My personal favorites, the 1976 hit Car Wash. There's no way you can forget about Predator. And we all know him from Menace to Society. Man. More recently, he stars in the Netflix series Black Lightning. In addition, he's directed the classic Rage in Harlem, 1991. Y'all, there's many things that I can say about this brother, about my uncle. I got a lot of love for him, and I'm grateful for his time here. None other than Bill Got Dern Duke. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. 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 Uh, I tell you what, before we just jump back into it, um, do you have a certain regimen that you do in the morning? Like, I know you don't have a regular day, but let's say Monday through Friday, what's, is it push-ups, sit-ups? Is it prayer? Is it meditating? What is Every morning I meditate for, for, it's been for like 50 years, more and more. Um, I meditate for an hour and a half. Okay. And uh, then I have a trainer uh, and, and um, Andrew Thomas. And hour and a half, uh, we go through pretty rigorous training and walking and machines, and et cetera. Then I do um, Pilates because mm. it really helps with, you know, a lot of good, good, good things and, and physical therapy. Mm. And I try to keep to a diet that is not injuring my body, my mind, my spirit. Mm. And so I try to eat correctly. I do sometimes vegan. I do juices and, you know, a lot of things. Now, would you find that challenge, let's say in the beginning, like when you first started the regimen, is it something that you've been doing for a while or is it something that you picked up over time? I've been doing it for many, many years. Okay. I've fallen off and come back. Okay. uh, Because I was brought up on pork and chitlins and <laughs> hog malls, and uh, I could go on and on and on. That's what we were raised on. Uh, but as I educated myself in terms of what food does to the human body, right? I, I invested in myself. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm glad you said that you've fallen and kind of got back up and did it, because people tend to think that it, that folks have just this perfect regimen to where uh, just the rest of your life, your entire life, that you just stick to a specific diet. diet. No, we all have moments and sexes in our life, you know? Yes, because you're human. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I tell you what, we'll jump right into it. Um, Let's start off with this here. You know, how would you describe life growing up in your household in New York? Uh, how many siblings? 
Uh, it was my sister and myself, Yvonne. Um, I grew up with a mother and father. My father mm -hmm. worked three jobs. My mother worked two jobs. Uh, we, we first lived over a beer, they called Beer Garden in those mm -hmm. days, Wyatt Jones's. And my sister and I on the weekend would go down and we were like five and six years old and dance and collect money uh, from dancing and the people would love us to dance. Mm -hmm. um, and my father bought this property and this house. And it, it, you know, they were hardworking people, man. They did not use any kind of excuses. They were survivors. Yeah. And they gave my sister and myself an understanding of integrity, but also never make excuses. You got to get up and get it done. They didn't want to hear nothing. I used to mow the lawn every Saturday, and uh, it was two. It was a it was a half acre of lawn, and uh, after I mowed the lawn by hand, my father was sitting in the front porch reading his paper, smoking his pipe. And he would say, you finished? I said, yes. And he let's go. He said, take you up to the lawn. He'd go over every inch of the lawn. If I missed one patch, I had to do the entire lawn all over again. One patch? One patch. Uncle Duke, help me understand. Why. At that time, was it? Were you, did it ever frustrate you at that time that he would make you do the entire... I, I used to get so pissed off that one day I said to him, Mrs. Johnson next door has a lawn and she's got patches in her lawn. And he said to me, and I'm quoting, I guess you'll be sleeping at Miss Johnson's tonight. <laughs> they didn't play, man. They didn't play, man. They didn't play. They didn't play. <laughs> good gracious i was about you know what that reminds me and i, I want to ask you so i truly believe especially in those times that our, our parents had very creative ways of uh keeping you in line would you agree well i'll tell you a true story um uh, my father and mother said to my sister and i when we're when we're they're not home if we're going to ride our bikes, ride them on the sidewalk and not the street. He said, fine. We were rebellious kids. So we used to try to ride our bike on the street. When those days they had neighborhoods, and Miss Johnson next door came out one day and saw us riding our bike on the street. She stood in front of our bikes, snatched us off the bikes, put our bikes on the stoop, which is her porch, sat, on her, sat us on her couch and said, don't say a word. She picked up her phone and call my father at work. Oh, Lord. And she said, Bill, they were riding their bikes on the street. My father said, I'll be there in an hour. Lord. That was the longest hour. <laughs> sitting there waiting. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, right? You know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. See, this is why I said, especially during those times, uh, our parents had very creative ways. It was very effective. Very effective, and it worked. Can I tell you one more story? Talk to one, me. One day, my sister, we got a spanking, and we were like six and seven years old, and we were decided we're going to run away. 
So to tell you how dumb we were, we ran away to the attic and took the dog up with us and took sandwiches. And so my parents came home, they were looking for us. And they couldn't find us and they were upset and everything. And unfortunately, the dog barked. Jeez, man. They came up to the attic, <laughs> took us out of the attic. They hugged and kissed my sister, hugged and kissed me. And then they whipped my sister. Wait. Then they, then they whipped me. And then they whooped the dog. The dog's like, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> the dog. No. What the dog do? No. What's the dog name? Hold on. Spotty. Never was Spotty. All right. We're we going to have a. You said Spotty? Yes. We're going to have a moment of silence for Spotty. <laughs> that, that was. Okay. Come, man. <laughs> This further describes why I say that they were absolutely creative. Now, you know how siblings, they come together and it's usually the older one, I guess, is supposed to automatically be the ordained leader. You just have to do what the older one says. Is that the way it rolled with, you know, with you and your sibling? No, 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 no. My sister, my sister was a very, how can I say? strong-willed young lady mm. and um, she did not want to do anything anybody said except what she wanted to do so I told her if I told her to try to do something she would look at me like I was insane and laugh no yes no. <laughs> and she was serious yes she didn't play Man, <laughs> how did you? How, so, how, and how did you work with you know it's your sister? So, I guess it's just love. You just when she would laugh at all, you just be like, you know, just move on. Or would you like put emphasis like, listen, listen to what I'm saying? I would say, um, yeah, like listen to what I'm saying. But during those arguments, she would have a stick in her hand. Okay, all right, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. That uh, that just gave me and put a picture in my head that I that I get it. I have an older sister, and <laughs> I get it. <laughs> kind of simplifies things, doesn't it? See, and, and and the thing is, clearly you're taller, bigger, stronger than your sister, so you would think. Oh man, no, sir, didn't work that way. I I, I tell you what, I'm a switch lanes here. Well. Now, it's been said that you initially were going to pursue medical school before you began studying English, dance, and drama. Could you speak on that? Well, you know, I really wanted to be a doctor uh, because my parents said, do something that's going to make money. And in those days, doctors were, you know, professional. They made money all the time because people were sick all the time. But I was in um, junior college, and they had you in pre-med school mm. cut up cats, squalus, acanthias, which were, were like, you know, dog, whatever. And you had to cut them open and examine the veins, the, the muscles, the brain, Everything and 
I guess that was a wimp. But the thing is, man, when you have to cut, when you have to get into that, I, I just didn't have the the will. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, okay, listen. Good enough for me. I'm a thousand percent with you. My thing is, how did you, could you describe the way that you expressed that to your parents? Because clearly you didn't go that direction. So how did you, you saw it within yourself like, hey, this is not for me. But you still had to go tell your folks. Yes. And, um, and when I grew up, I was tall, dark skinned, and I was not considered attractive. And I have something called dyslexia. So I was not good at communicating at the time. Uh, so I wrote a journal with my feelings and ideas and stuff, you know, that kind of thing. So they said, okay, you're always writing. You got to make some money. You should be a teacher. And so I applied for school and got in, you know, and English. Uh, and so I, you know, it was something that I enjoyed to a great extent, mm -hmm. uh, but it was a way to make money possibly and something I wanted to do. So, you you know what? And so, it sounds like you said that you when you actually communicated it to your to your to your parents. Did you write it down, or did you have did you have a sit down with them, or you wrote it down and gave it to them? I used to kind of stutter a little bit, so I, I had to explain to them you know, what it was and why. And they listened, you know, not wholeheartedly, but they they understood I, I had no passion for medicine at all. Wow. And they accepted that I had no passion. So, you know, it, it went like that. What motivated your interest in filmmaking? Well, I had... Um, you know, gotten a scholarship to Boston University in English. Yes, sir. And uh, I was going to become an English teacher. Uh, but in those days, they had classes in things like Chaucer, yeah. which to me was the most boring thing. <laughs> but, and so I had failed the Chaucer class three times and I was asked to leave. Wow. And so my roommate, Israel Hicks said, what are you going to do? I said, when I was at um, the junior college, Dutch Community College in um, New York, I mean in Poughkeepsie, mm -hmm. I had been in the play called The Emperor Jones, Constance Kuhn. It was like, you know, a speech and drama class and mm -hmm. she put all of us in these uh, plays. And something clicked. I, I can't explain it, but you know, I was acting and I said, I really enjoyed it, but I, so I went to, to study English at BU and when I dropped out of the Chaucer class, they kicked me out of the class and Israel Hicks said, why don't you go up, you always keep talking about this acting thing, you should go up to Lloyd Richards, one of the first black directors on Broadway is up there. He's so I up and I auditioned, I got in. And I'm glad there are no camera, there were no no um, social media or cell phones in those days, uh -huh. because the next semester I was 
dancing across a ballet stage in tights. Uh, it's not a sight, sir. It's not something you want to see. I, I'm, I'm already. I'm it's somehow to just jump into my head and I just had to shake it off. You didn't want to see it. I, I, I guarantee you. No, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> I, I tell you what, it was real interesting how you described it to say, you know, many times people feel like they have to. This is what I appreciate what you said. Many times people feel like they have to give when they're questioned of something that they have a passion for or desire for, that they have to give this uh, extra educated uh, answer of whatever the person wants to hear. I totally and wholeheartedly respect how you literally said there was something inside of you that basically triggered off the yes. moment you got exposed to it. Yes. Yes. God, God is good, right? He is good. In addition, my, my great aunt, she would always tell me um, that if you just continue to just live life, you know, you, you get an opportunity to wake up, breathe, uh, having some of your senses, not even if you ain't got all of them, just some of your senses, just basic stuff, that basic. breath that I just took that people take for granted. She said that you're going to experience, you just keep living and you're going to experience some trials and tribulations, some ups and downs in your life. Yes. As long as you are living, you're going to experience that. With that being said, out of all the all the challenges that you faced in your life, is there a particular moment that stands out to you? Unfortunately, yes. And it just happened six months ago. My sister died. And I'm going through, I mean, my parents had died, but my parents were sick and we expected them to die. But my sister died suddenly. And it was and is <coughs> I cannot describe it. Right. And um, I still feel her spirit and her presence here. She is with us. Right. I love her till this day. I always love her. Yeah. But I always miss her. We used to talk every day. We loved each other unconditionally. Yeah. She was funny. Um, we used to have, let me give you an understanding of her personality. Okay. Uh, we used to have, like, say, an argument, right? Right. And um, when you argue with her, she she was silent, and I would I would run my mouth, and um, she look at my face, and when I was finished, I would say to her, uh, "You understand what I'm talking about?" And she would look at my face and say, "Did you say something?" Oh no! No. <laughs> Uncle Duke, no, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> no, she didn't. Did, did, did you say something? <laughs> if that ain't the best way to shut something down, now I gotta use it. Oh man, she she was just brilliant, beautiful. Um, I miss her. That's all I can say. Hmm. You get what is helping you cope 
and what is helping you continue to press forward in other things that you have going on in your life. Knowing, you know, she's in a place that where she's able to watch over you. What, what mentally is helping you press forward? My belief in God. My meditation every day. Mm. Um, the values my parents gave me. Um, they used to say, talk about how, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's about how many times you get up. And we used to come to them with excuses and complaints. Yes. And in those days, they would listen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they would just make you understand that no excuse you gave was relevant. Wow. Because they were trying to prepare you as young black children. Come on. For what you were going to face in that world. And if you were a baby crying and sniffling because someone called you a name or someone treated you unfairly or the other kids, you know, did this, did that. They said, we understand, but get up, go back, and do what you're supposed to be doing. And, and Uncle Duke, with that, it's like, I want all the followers to know, followers and listeners to know that you're not saying it's easy. <laughs> I don't know anything that's easy, brother. All I know is... How bad do I want it? I want you to take a quick second to, to picture this in your mind and you tell me first thing that comes to your mind. Um, right now, when you look at what you're pushing to do in your life and the things that you continue, really the people that you inspire and the thing, the, the direction that you continue to push to go uh, within the community and, and how you are an example yourself. Um, If your sister was sitting in front of you right now, what do you feel she would say to you right now? She would say something like, I appreciate what you're talking about, but get up and do something about it. Um, when you think about everything that we've talked about, it could be a, some morals or a creed that you live by. Um, what is some encouragement for free that you can provide right now for all the listeners and the followers of this podcast, no matter what it is? You like quotes? I have several quotes. Ready for them. Um, Winston Churchill. True power is an individual's ability to move from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Hmm. Another quote, aspire to inspire before you expire. Number three, if a man does not seek humility, humility will seek the man. Hmm. And the last one, in your lifetime, 
you will never see a smaller package than a person wrapped up in themselves. Wow. Um, that last, the, out of all those quotes you just said, is there any one of them that might affect you the most or just kind of stands out the most to you, for you? Aspire to inspire before you expire. Man. <laughs> i tell you what. Um, Uncle Duke, I, I really appreciate, and I told you this before, I'll tell you again, uh, I really appreciate you taking our time. I know you got other things that you need to go and do, but I really appreciate you taking our time to uh, be on my podcast to, you know, help push, to encourage, inform, and inspire. I really appreciate that. Well, God bless you. I think you, there are great questions. I think what you're doing is wonderful. Um, it is triumphant, and I really appreciate you yes, as a human being with a purpose. Yes, sir. And God bless you for that. Yes, sir. Thank you. As I've said before, I'll say it again. Sometimes in life, you must fail in order to succeed. But one thing must remain certain, that under no circumstances do you ever, ever, ever give up. True. I'm T. Wood. I'm with, I'm with my Uncle Bill Duke. Showing love, y'all. Take care. God bless.